February 6th, James chapter 3. Okay, so it's a, it's a short chapter. It's only 18 verses, but it's a heavy chapter. So we can break this chapter up into really two parts. The first part is the first 12 verses, and the second part is verses 13 through 18. Um, and, and the first 12 verses um, is, is, making the, uh, is making the point that it is important what we say. And, and the very first verse is probably the heaviest for me. It says, Brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive stricter judgment. So basically the point that James is making there is that if you are spreading God's word, if you are teaching somebody else and you teach them wrong, then that's on you. So it is very important that, uh, number one, we uh, teach it correctly. But it is also the, the second point he makes is that if we are teaching to do all these good things in Christ and through Christ and to love our neighbor and we teach that and then we go out here and we live a horrible lifestyle and, and he uses the example of, of cursing, then, then you're a hypocrite. Then you're not living what you're teaching. In verse 2, it says, we all stumble in many things. So, teachers, students, no matter where you are in your life with Christ, in your maturity of that, whether you're one of the little boys going up front and reading verses, or whether you're in this class or wherever, all of us stumble in many things. And he goes on to say, but if anybody doesn't stumble in word, he is a perfect man. Well, we know there's no perfect man other than Jesus. And he just said that, for we all stumble in many things. But if you are able to control your words, you are a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. And, he, and for the next few verses, he gives multiple examples uh, of how important and how difficult it is to tame our tongue. Uh, the commentary I use says, this, if somebody is able to control the speech, which is exceedingly difficult, he has demonstrated a measure of self-discipline and exhibited maturity in a much broader area. Uh, I thought of Ephesians 5, 3 and 4. It says, not even a hint of earthly things, not even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which I always thought was interesting how he put that in. That's rough. Hey, I will raise my hand. I've made all kinds of improper jokes in my lifetime around my buddies. 100%. That's me right there. But it says they're out of place. They should rather be given thanksgiving. For we all stumble in many things. Verses 3 through 7, he, he gives a couple examples. It says the tongue is the bridle. We put a bridle or a bit in a horse's mouth. Well, that turns the horse everywhere it goes. That one thing 
in the horse's mouth controls the whole horse. It steers its entire body. It says the tongue can be the spark that leads to a forest fire. He even talks about how an entire ship tossed and turned by the wind and the waves is controlled by a tiny little rudder. Verses 8 and 10 basically says, No human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. said, this should not be. He says, how can you praise God and then curse someone who was made in the image of God with the same tongue? And then one of the most interesting examples uh, I think he gives is because he asks the question, can a spring give salt water and fresh water? How inconsistent that is. So that, that's, that's, that's uh, going back to the beginning there, he's, he's, that's important for anybody teaching God's Word uh, or teaching these things and then not doing them. That's inconsistent. But then also for ourselves. Any thoughts on that before we move to the second half? That half hit me hard. I'll be the first to admit it. My commentary says that that sometimes our words are right and pleasing to God, but other times they're violent and destructive. So it gives the tongue gives us a picture into our basic human nature. We're made in God's image, but we've also fallen into sin. And that God works us to works to change us from the inside out. When the Holy Spirit purifies the heart, He gives us self-control so that we can speak words that please God. I, think, I thought that was kind of neat. That it kind of gives us, reflects our true identity that we're mm-hmm. made in God's image, but we're still falling to sin. Yeah. And how easy it is in today's world and, and technology to, to do that. Um, I'm on a group text with all my buddies. You know, maybe once a week, sometimes more. Somebody will send something out to the group. You know, whether no matter what it is, and inevitably somewhere through that line of messages will be a joke of some kind. And I'll send something, and then I'll send it, and I think that was a really little bit too edgy. <laughs> that that I'm I'm supposed to be an example to them, right? So. Thirteen through eighteen. It's only five verses, but um, really, really makes um, some. I think we've already signed. I, here, I need to sign it actually. Kind of goes back to the grandma rule too. You don't have something nice to say, don't say it. And then I guess really the message here is to, is to remember to uh, constrain your tongue. 
you know, not let it get too out of hand. Right. So, but it is very clear here on what the objective is. Right. But it's definitely a good reminder just to kind of keep things in check. Sure. Not get too slanderous. I got you. Well, yeah, it's definitely a smack in the face. It's a smack in the face. And, it, and it's, <clears throat> it's, maybe it's supposed to be. That's right, man. 13 through 18, it's only five verses. I, I put all five verses on, on the sheet here. I'm just, I think, let's just read them to start off with. Um, it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such, quote-unquote, wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and self-ambition, there you find disorder and evil, I'm sorry, and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Now remember, in, in chapter 1, about verse 5, uh, well, the first verses of chapter 1, he said, when we have struggles to rejoice in that, because we know it's the testing of our faith and we're going to grow from that. And then about verse 5 of chapter 1, he says, but if you don't understand that and you don't have wisdom about that, ask for God to give you wisdom. And now he's saying, now who among you is, is wise and understanding? We are to examine ourselves. There's a couple verses you can look up there. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. We've got some time here. I'll look it up. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Check what it says here. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? And then 1 John uh, 6. I'm sorry, 1 John 1, 6 through 10. Says, says something similar. So the point here is that earthly wisdom operates according to selfish ambition, operates to human criteria. It's, it's, it, it actually says it's coming from the devil himself. And in verse 17, on the back, uh, my commentary actually broke down every one of those characteristics. It says that wisdom from God is, is pure. Well, that's void of ulterior motives. It's honest. It's motivated by love for God and love for our neighbor. Peaceable, not given to conflict. Considerate of needs and feelings and the circumstances of others. Somebody that's peaceable doesn't have an ugly attitude but is loving. And then, depending on the, ver the I'm sorry, depending on the uh, versions that you are reading, some of these are uh, exchanged. 
Some versions say considerate, some say gentle. Either way, it's kind and forbearing, a temperament that is reasonable and fair. Submissive, some versions say easy to be entreated. It's easy to talk with, easy to discuss something, even when you disagree. Approachable, willing to listen, willing to reason. Full of mercy and good fruits, forgiving, eager to help others. And I liked how, how my commentary said, practical compassion motivated by a heart of love. Impartial, some versions say without variance. That's just basically consistent. Remember chapter 2 said not to be, not to show partiality. That was where it said if somebody comes into the to the congregation and two groups of people come in, one of them's clean and and, and, and appears uh, taking care of themselves with nice clothes and you give them a nice place to sit and somebody else comes in with dirty clothes on you put them in the back that's showing partiality you are judging them this says be consistent undivided anxious to assist without hesitancy and then finally just sincere or without hypocrisy you are what you appear to be. And then, and then finally he finishes with 18. It just says, Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. And how many times we, we, are, we hear about the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers in Matthew 5, 9. That's the... Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Romans 14.9 is good. Nineteen, sorry. I read verse 9 and I thought, well, that doesn't apply. <laughs> 14.19, Therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify one another. Twelve eighteen says, If it is possible, I always thought it was interesting that it said if it's possible. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Break that down a little bit. If it's possible, which means that sometimes it won't be. As much as it depends on you, which means you can live peaceably, but they may be the one throwing rocks. That doesn't mean you, you throw them back. So as much as it's possible, live peaceably. So, general... Uh, Synopsis of James 3. Be what you appear to be, knowing that the tongue is uh, a dangerous part of your body that steers your entire thing and, and your entire uh, persona, your entire uh, 
impression, knowing that knowing that self-centered motivations are, are not from God. We're supposed to be loving our neighbor. We're supposed to be putting everyone else before ourselves. Any thoughts on that? Considering verse 1, I hope I got that right. (laughs) James is full of, of, of good practical lessons. Harris uh, quoted some of, of chapter 2 this morning. I'm sorry, that was chapter 1 that he was quoting. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. It's very to the point. It's very understandable. I think it's very applicable, even though it was written so long ago, it still applies today. 